Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello! And welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture. Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Die. make sure you subscribe <laughs> to What Culture and get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. I'm not only review Monday Night Raw. Right now, NXT Dupay. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week completes with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick, so like head to Monday Night Raw on the UK's somehow most popular wrestling <laughs> podcast. Um, and Sid, I've had your chance to, to get your thoughts on the new honorary oos Sami Zayn. He's in action tonight against AJ Styles because there's some social media beef, but uh, everyone was talking about what happened on SmackDown. They made you feel internally like Sami Zayn feels, and how he feels is completely and utterly manipulated by this hugely megastar, charismatic top star <laughs> in all of wrestling, Roman Reigns. It was kind of horrible the way that they just took the T-shirt off him, even for the eventual reveal. You never lost sight of the fact that who these people are and how much you want Sami Zayn to overcome, and he's doing this, and what he's doing is with his incredible face, his incredible ability to act, which I don't think gets anywhere near enough credit, mm-hmm. how he excels beyond that kind of wrestling acting context. His face, the hope, the fear, the desperation for approval, how pitiable he looked with that body just exposed without the T-shirt. And then when he gets the T-shirt and he's delighted and you think, oh, I'm so happy for him, but when this actually happens for real, it's going to be devastating Roman Reigns kind of cracking a little bit because he kind of knows how good this is and it he can smile in the context of the story. But I think that was a real smile on the face of the mm. real human being, knowing how good this finally actually is. What I love about the Sami Zayn stuff right now, and just to be a dick about it, it's one million times better than the Jay Uso storyline, but you know, by the by, <laughs> it's that. Although the new Jay Uso storyline is also better than the original Jay yes. Uso storyline. So. <laughs> Take it off! The best thing about it is that. I love a really well-plotted storyline when you know the destination. It's one of the best things because there's a... It's what I'm looking for. A bit of a sense of calm. A bit of a... You can look forward to it when you know it's going to have a good conclusion. And Triple H has earned, if nothing else, that much so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. 
don't know where it's going. There's two potential directions they could take this stuff, and I love them both. Either they mirror that scene, only they beat the piss out of them afterwards, and it's horrible and, you know, just unpleasant, and, you're, and you earnestly hate the heels in this situation, which as grown men and women and whatever you shouldn't be able to do, but mm-hmm. the magic of storytelling, even in the silly context of pro wrestling, will encourage you in, like, to just to do that. Or, over time, Sammy, who is one of the best baby faces of the entire 21st century, all things considered, every bit of his run, his career, he could slowly begin to realize what's happening and then stand up for himself before the turn actually happens. Like, if they don't get a phenomenal Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn match out of this. They are hopeless, but I don't actually think they're hopeless. In fact, they are allowing me, hopefully, to fantasy book this. I've Mm. got ways this can go. What I would like to do is for Sami and Roman to have this incredibly dramatic, like, emotive match at a big pay-per-view, the Rumble or something like that. Sami to lose cleanly and then get discarded. Kevin Owens comes out. Sami Zayn says something to the effect of, this is the part where you turn on me. Because in his head, that's what people do to him now. They turn on him. And it's Kevin Owens with all their history. And Sami says to Kevin, this is where you turn on me. I know what happens. And then Kevin says, no, this is the time where I team with you and we go on to beat down the Usos at WrestleMania. I would absolutely think that's great. Mm. And they are encouraging me to think very, very optimistically and to th- not even think but feel emotionally about the arc of Sami Zayn. Mm. This might be, honestly, on the back of that segment, the thing I earnestly care about most in wrestling right now. The stuff I think is better or of equal quality on AEW TV. But in terms of getting me on a gut emotional level, Sami Zayn did it on Friday. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. We talked in long detail. Uh, if you nice. book it, I will come. It's quite <laughs> nice, isn't it? I actually said on the podcast, like... It's it's a, a storyline of such depth all of a sudden that we could all sit around and like have a, a roundtable style conversation about this. And I love Sage specifically that without realizing it, we have not discussed this over the desks. And usually, we've agreed on like two key things about like it's hard. I think if you watch that and you are even half plugged into WWE, it's hard not to acknowledge that as probably like the thing that you could feel most passionate about in all of North American wrestling at the moment, despite, as you say, a lot of, like, objectively quite good developments in AEW. That's the one that is suddenly pulling at your heart. It's the one that you're thinking about the most all of a sudden. Not out of nowhere, but, like, from one big segment where they finally brought together a couple of things. Like, it just feels nice. Zane without his top off. Like, with his top off. I said he, like, looked naked with his trousers on. He was that vulnerable in yeah. that moment. It was tr- it was amazing. It's like, was phenomenal. I was, forgot to mention, I was watching it with, uh, or I showed it to my wife over the weekend, and she went, oh, I don't want to watch it. Are they are they going to turn on him? And I went, not yet, because yeah, <laughs> you can see where they're going. And either it will be uh, Kevin Owens, who eventually sides with Sami Zayn, or his new best friend, Solo Zakoa, <laughs> who's cornering him tonight uh, against AJ Styles. Again, the intrigue as well, potentially, of walking past backstage, this dream team of... Owens and Gargano mm. and Sammy's Emmy like, hey, Kev, you seen my new shirt? Or anything like that. But uh, how do you see it going with, with AJ first and foremost? So what is great that I hadn't even considered is, so I had like a, a pitch for something possibly overlapping, Triple H overlapping one or two things, which he's shown the ability to do this far. And you've just suggested a third that I hadn't even considered. Um, I thought about the prospect of this match. Obviously, AJ Styles hasn't got much going on. 
But the Judgment Day are now trying to use that to their advantage. Finn Balor specifically is trying to use that to his advantage. So I thought about the prospect of either Finn Balor as a just on his own or the Judgment Day separate to this. Like when uh, Solo Sokoa helps Sami Zayn win to further enhance this bloodline bond that they now have and Solo doing his job as the enforcer of the group, like immediately really well established, like what he is now to this group as well. Helping Sammy win, make Sammy feel on top of the world in his new role as the honorary use, while AJ kind of sucks off to the back and then there are the judgment day to pick him up. I hadn't even considered the prospect that like both Owens and Zane are now travelling their own sort of separate journeys with new tag partners, and there is absolutely the opportunity to do that. But yeah, I, I do assume that Zane wins this tonight. It's a good night for the bloodline, kind of separate from where they do most of the business on SmackDown. And then maybe not out at the ring, but after the fact. Bala away from the Judgment Day just goes to like try and have a quiet word. So like I know you're probably thinking last week that this is just me and my mates and we're a bunch of piss takers and you shouldn't trust us. But like if you had us out there, like look what look what it's done for Sammy having friends. Mm. Like you, used you to could have, have had our enforcer Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> but like you used to have friends. We both know what it's like to be surrounded by friends. Then he throws up the little Bullet Club thing and like all that sort of stuff. It's all very on the nose. But it's logical, mm. and that's how Triple H works. He works in fierce logic, even if it's not the most fun. And I don't, I said this last week, I quite like the possibility of AJ Styles and the Judgment Day, either as AJ being this baby face that actually pushes them back, or maybe joining. That's funny. Like, there's something funny about goth AJ as well. So I like <laughs> this development. Styles had now what's going on. I think this is potentially good use of the two things. What I want from this, because I'm quite cruel, but I also think it's the most dramatically effective way to tell this story. I don't really care about this match, um, ultimately, even though it should be of a high standard, is you want Sami Zayn to be happier than a pig in shit <laughs> about his new role, his new status, his new connection, and you want him to have that beaming smile on his face. I don't want to do the whole oorah, oh. super kicks, spears, just basically be the most bloodline version of Sammy yet, win, do continue to do that over the next however many weeks before the cracks will reappear because that's just how you tell the story. But I need that contrast of, um, you know, the Festival of Friendship, which is the other great thing that WWE did um, this century. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, can you remember Chris Jericho's face when he was on the Tron with a video presentation in his hands, <laughs> he's doing the jazz hands, and he works the biggest smile on his face, <laughs> yes. knowing that seeing this idiot so happy, so full of glee and wonder for the contrast of him crestfallen. You need that contrast. And if you can prolong that contrast by having Sami Zayn win and be happy and feel really a part of it when he's just being used, that contrast is key to the true devastation, which... Sami Zayn's going to be able to sell immaculately well. So this needs to be a Sami victory. You can transition it into um, Judgment Day stuff all you like, but a nice, clean-ish yes. just way. I really like the touch of him adding, for want of a better phrase, Samoan offense into his arsenal. A Samoan drop, that hip charge in the corner thing yeah. that the Usos, and I think Sakura actually does that as well. The splash from the top rope that Sakura does and Rikishi's done and the Usos do. Like, it's not very... That, the fact that Don't have such, to do the hacker, but yeah. It's such an un-Sami Zayn move to do like a big splash from the top rope. He's like a slight guy, really, isn't he? You know, he's quite lean, comparatively speaking, to like Samoan wrestlers. So being able to like come off the top rope with a splash and like giving, giving Solo the nod at ringside. Trying his level best 
to like pretend that his head doesn't hurt. Yes. <laughs> yes. He gets like head yes. or something like that. It's like, oh no. Charging up his taped fist without the glove on it. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Get him a lay, get him a lay to wear to, to the ring. Um, I, I completely agree with you, by the way, that we need need a clean finish in this one because the next match we're going to talk about, slightly concerned he's going to be really good, but at the end of it, when we review it tomorrow, I'm going to go, what a fantastic match, Sige. And then, uh, obviously, uh, all the damaged Kataro people getting involved because it's Bianca Belair, Raw Women's Champion, against EO Sky, uh, Women's Tag Champion, in fact, um, which is obviously... Another step on the road towards Bailey versus Bianca Bella at Extreme Rules in a few weeks. Yeah, this is literally one of three matches that's been announced thus far where I can absolutely see there not being a good finish. A finish, a screwy finish, isn't necessarily automatically a bad finish, but we talked about this on the Dynamite review. Yeah. If you continue to do it over and over again, it just completely loses effect. And it's the age old thing. The millennial audience, and I'm not saying that. WWE nor AEW should continue catering heavily to the most numb among us, but we're also the most loyal, obviously. But we all know that it's the booker doing this because it's a storytelling, predetermined world. And if you keep doing it, I just think worse of Triple H as opposed to damage Katoro for cheating. Um, this match should be of a great standard. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, but again, until they... And this is not something I'm fully expecting because Triple H did this quite often at his peak as an NXT booker as well. It's just how he was trained in the world in which he came up. And, you know, that world won and beat everyone handily. So why would he change? Um, but I am not expecting a neat and satisfactory finish to this. Yeah, um, Triple H is... I've given him praise for tons of stuff. And, uh, but he's getting away with murder with this women's division at the moment. The... Um, the matches on SmackDown and matches is really important because one of the reasons he's getting away with murder is simply because of presence. Like WWE have had the advantage in that regard for a long time because just typically they feature women more. Um, but just because it's not the same problem as AEW, it doesn't mean that it's not a different problem. Um, they have a bigger division and they've shown in the past that they can show great care to that division, so they probably should. Uh, the finishes on SmackDown, the finish to the damage Kataral and... Uh, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Rodriguez, thank yeah. you. Like distraction roll up, basically, absolutely piss poor after like ninety seconds, two minutes of a match, whatever it was. No good, absolutely no good. No matter if you're featuring these wrestlers as tag team champions across both brands or not. Liv Morgan, like getting mostly chewed up by Lacey Evans, just so you can do the big table spot at the end. Like they got the message across eventually, but it was the worst possible way to execute it. And then last week on Raw, it was just Bailey and Alexa Bliss. I think that was the only match, and it was an over long main event that was. Like in there too long. In there too long. Like it was bad more than it was good. It was like a hot couple of minutes at the end, but that was about it. And he's kind of just getting away with it because he's brought a lot of favourites back. He's featuring people that to be fair should be have should have been in key spots before now. Um but the health of the division doesn't feel that much greater with him in charge. This should be a great match. But if you don't get a finish, I think it's all been for now. Like to Sidric's point, the fact that it would feel fake if there's, a, like, a distraction roll-up or a DQ or something like that, um, undermines anything you're supposed to think about Bianca Belair or an EOS guy. Every, Bailey's group is supposed to feel like a threat. Like, it's they're a ludicrous stable by design, really, because it's not... There's, a, like, a retribution-adjacent quality to the the, the idea. Oh, there's, they're kind of like... They, they wreck everything. They don't really... They're just baddies. Yeah, you know, they say that they're wrecking everything, but then they'll win some and they'll lose some, and the, you know, like they're 
they're just they're not they don't feel like it, it it's there's not an air of danger when they come out they're just baddies and that's all right it's okay to be baddies but then what they're saying and what they're saying they are and what they actually are are two totally different things and he hasn't triple h hasn't really tried to circle the square there yet so i just i don't have like i'm looking forward to the quality of this match but i just feel like i won't be asked to care about it so it's it's just not part of it like bailey and bianca belair is the story that's the match this is a delay to that rather than yeah. a good match because there's a reason to have a good match yeah, I don't see this. Uh, I see many different uh, resolutions to this match, and none of them are a clean finish. It could be uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka get involved, and it makes it, they make it a six-woman. Sick of that and all. That's be... proper 2015. Hey, you've got three friends. Well, I've got three friends. Yeah. Know, same stuff. Or it could be a, a, an errant weapon shot or whatever it may be, or a distraction, or, yeah. What, what should happen is Bianca McMahon's birthday over the weekend, so maybe there's three wrestlers waiting in the wings, and we can pay tribute to when she invented women's wrestling and bring up another trio. <laughs> Good point. Uh, one thing we can guarantee on tonight's Raw is more white rabbit stuff, more teasers, quite possibly. On SmackDown, we had another QR code as part of that hit row party thing that they, for some reason, kept going back to. Um, and you're a rabbit in a maze and a door, and then there's the word patricide, and then there's. Uh, coordinates, which is the uh, which is Roger's place in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, where Raw is going down tonight. Presumably, more teasers for, if not the arrival of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, the hype has lessened somewhat in that the tease from Monday was just for SmackDown rather than for the return of Bray, which has led us now to assume that this will just be the tease for Raw and so on and so on and so on. The Lantern was in the Extreme Rules poster, so if there's a comeback coming, it feels like it's taking place there. I theorized um, on the SmackDown. Uh, review Sidgwick so you've missed this and why the hell would we talk about this over the desks yeah. but I theorise <laughs> that the um, the nerds on Twitter with the weird photoshops might be onto something we've all sort of seen Karen Cross and uh, Braun Strowman and Dexter Loomis come back for the non-kayfabe reason of Triple H wanted them back what if it really is a new Derek group that Bray Wyatt is putting together and the White Rabbit was for the Carrying Cross and there'll be a Braun Strowman related tease or there'll be you know Alexa Bliss is the light flicker in last week that was hers and so on. I don't mind this. Like the, I st- I, I, it's Bray. It's these dorks. If it is a group stable, it's they're not my guys. None of them are my guys. But that's the subjective versus the objective. I still maintain. And if the if the first nationals of WWE end up being true for SmackDown, like there's an objective measure of the success yeah. as well. I'd love that. This has already worked. The last one on Friday was it not? People got back to the cars and there were things in yes. the things in the windscreen wipers again. WWE and on the windshield. And the windshield. Um, WWE, again, playing the stuff in the ad breaks is things that people are sharing on their phones rather than the official account of doing it themselves. This is absolutely the way to go. And if this ties together, all these <laughs> complete dweebs coming back at the same time, and it was all a, a Wyatt-related purpose, like, fair enough, because this will absolutely satiate a, a section of your audience that for a long time are willing to spend an awful lot of money on this type of character. Um so I like I, I don't expect now I don't expect a Bray Wyatt thing because we didn't get one on Friday, but I expect another tease to build to the next tease, and people are enjoying it. And who am I to who am I to slag off their nice time? It depends because they are dickheads to you if you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, total dicks, like little baba. Wee wee wee, my brain, my brain. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Honestly, I just uh, I, they're so unreasonable. The most ardent supernatural um, supporters, mm. they their total inability to like fathom why people don't like their thing 
I find it just pathetic. Truly and utterly pathetic. So I am wanting to begrudge that bad time. And I hope <laughs> they don't get the super Bray wife tonight. Okay, I hope that de- I hope that staying up late is desperate for Bray. <laughs> and, and he's just not there. <laughs> and he's just not there. But you know what? They, they like the teasers more. They like the teasers more than the reality. Because I've listened to fiend matches in the arenas. No one gives a f- Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Rosemont. I'm making you work overtime. But you know, maybe if Bray worked harder, he would actually be over. Um, <laughs> Animations of White Rabbit are way more exciting than uh, Scary Monster grabbing a headlock. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I expect more bollocks. More, mm. um, as Tony Khan on Twitter called it, shallow, weird, esoteric imagery that lacks the true presence of a Sullivan, a Raven, or a Jake. Yeah, I, uh, I hope he lives up to that tweet and never gets involved with it again because he's uh, Owen one for that <laughs> esoteric bollocks, isn't he? Yeah. He's Owen three. Owen three, am I forgetting? Original version of the Dark Order. Oh yeah, Nightmare Collective. And oh gosh, yeah, now the House of Black. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's, that's some teas will happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's all we've really got to say about. Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe Meliki is the ne- is the next guy. He's not, he, would be, someone, he would fit the profile of both a Triple H return and a Bray Wyatt gay. Someone pointed out that, oh, I know they should, like, threaten WWE with everything if this happens. What about Jeff Hardy? So. <laughs> <laughs> that was all very uh, easily predictable as well. Call it a score draw because everybody sucks. <laughs> I think that's all we've got to say now, for, though, uh, for the time being about uh, about White Rabbits. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Stacks. Oh, How's it going? You've really Happy Monday, huh? <laughs> Back to work. You've really popped Wilborn today, Stacks. He was buzzing to see you there. So like he knew you were coming. I didn't know you were coming again. Stacks, <laughs> <laughs> so Stacks. Yes, Eddie. What are What are your thoughts on uh, supernatural gimmicks in general? Uh, you know, I, uh, not my cup of tea, to be honest. But uh, speaking of rabbits. Have you got a question for you? I, can I ask you a question, Stack? Oh, you got your game, Thank you. <laughs> Like, on Supernatural Gimmick, it, it really doesn't make sense to me when a wrestling character with the power to kill a man would instead just grab a hold. What are your thoughts on wrestling characters that can kill people using <laughs> wrestling moves? Uh, people in glass houses should go <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about that. I just don't like people walking around with all these fake name bullshit. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> Stacks here. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, is he Stacks got any jokes? Well, why don't you say that, Sidgy? Because I got a got a little uh, got a little joke for you about a rabbit, huh? What did the rabbit get his girlfriend? Wait there, Stacks. These usually follow a sort of a pun thing. Yeah. So I would like to guess and be boring. Um like a hutch or a a carrot, carrot I was 24 thinking. carat gold necklace. A 14 carat ring, that is correct. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Your joke was probably better than mine. <laughs> uh, Stax, I'm sure you've got some more jokes, have you? You know what I do? <laughs> what is the name of the rabbit who stole from the rich and gave to the poor? Uh, I can't remember like the actual one. <laughs> So it's Robin Hood, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so, oh. the the like the bang rabbit, so Throbin Hood? <laughs> Rabbit Hood! Not my best voice, this. <laughs> Have you got any more jokes that are actually good, Stax? <laughs> what is invisible? 
and smells like carrots. Right, we can get this invisible one. Trans carrot. <laughs> Transparent. Yeah. No carrots. Rabbit fights. <sighs> Buy stacks. <laughs> 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 alright <laughs> he's been doing a lot of flying lately yeah, like I'm not sure he's, he's I think he's just checking out some indie days in the UK just in case he's like that wasn't very good from Stax was it he's uh, <laughs> is that a Stax jump at the shark a bit <laughs> that's we'll find out more tomorrow when he pops back in for the Raw review uh, he's uh, I, he's still starting to sound a little tired isn't he from <laughs> <laughs> all that travel what is the deal with all that airline food I know. do you think maybe it's like He's just sizing up the competition, clearly. <laughs> Tony D Airlines needs to do a bit of competition research. Oh, God. I hope he's all right. Cole Carter was in the uh, Battle Royal. Yeah. Like, Stacks popped it. Uh, Cole the, Carter uh, might have been AEW champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten Stacks' thoughts on that. Imagine Cole Carter getting a title shot. Stack, uh, Stacks flipping a monitor backstage. He's done what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sorry. Didn't realize you snuck back in. Hi, Starks. Oh, that was, I think he just left. That was, the, that was him leaving. That was the, not the door. I don't know how he got back in. All right, bye, Starks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, Sidge, back to Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Uh, and the dream team of Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano taking Alpha Academy. This is a mouthwatering proposition. It is, it is, it is, it is. We've already seen Gable and Gargano work together. They did so beautifully. Um, Owens and Gable, another great combination. Eh? What I like about this is they are, I think, I've said it before, Triple H is weirdly great 
at putting units together for the express purpose of it happening at war games. Now, I think that, and it's good to be able to fantasy book. I've not been able to do this for years with the Fed. <laughs> that obviously, the, the five-man bloodline unit has been established. I think that the Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano duo exists um, so that they can do Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stuff during war games. It's a match that will inevitably get critical praise from prominent quarters, whether people have fundamental problems with how much plunder's involved or what. It's a it's a match that's precision engineered to go, yeah, that was a bit flawed, actually, but everyone else is giving it four and three stars. Or <laughs> so I think it's a good outlet for Gargano. And I include Blood and Guts in that, of course. Um, and I think it's an outlet to get Gargano like involved. So I think putting Gargano and Owens together now makes the babyface unit seem a little bit more organic and cohesive. And of course, at the same time, you can um, sequence um, Austin Theory's next opponents yeah. from Owens to Gargano at the same time. He's like he's thinking about it like an actual picture, like an actual narrative that incorporates lots of different characters and overlapping stories and the like. Um, so I don't really care that much about the results. Gable and Otis at this point are really good prelim comedy guys. I don't need to see any chicanery here at all on a nice clean win. And I just want Theory to maybe try and come out, but he gets sort of, he's a geek against two people, so he shouldn't really influence this at all, but keep the thread that he exists there. Uh, maybe after the match, um, Alpha Academy can like not bear the result and try and beat them down. And then when they got outmatched, that's when Gargano uh, Theory can come down. Mm -hmm. And then they can do a brawl into the crowd or something like that. But I just like the existence of Owens and Gargano here because if they can form part of the babyface team, it feels earned that they'd want to go into war games. I don't know how you'd wrap it into the bloodline, but I just want Owens and Sammy and a bit of um, sub-elite melodrama in terms of how they interact and how it can build to the WrestleMania thing that a lot of us have in mind. Mm. And they're going to be all the way over in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, um, I like that stupid little detail, but a funny one because it's because it's Gable and Owens. Like they're the type of characters to pull off a "Well, I beat you in Canada." Like it's it's a nothing detail, but they can elevate it specifically. They're the type of wrestlers that can do that. It's a tricky one. This, like, I know Sidge probably thinks I let Triple H off with murder like mm -hmm. every week, but I'm like I'm loath to here because like Braun Strowman made really light work of Gable and Otis on SmackDown, and why? This match is going to rule. Like I've got such high hopes for the quality of this tag match. But the reason, and this goes back 20 years, 20 plus years at this point, why it's sometimes hard to emotionally engage in a standard TV match. Contrast this to the Usos and the Brawling Brutes, a match in which not in a million years would you have projected a title change, but you were given good reason to care about the actual match going mm. into it. You had the brilliant video package with the Usos. You had the genuine sense of momentum that the Brawling Brutes had built up off the back of the Sheamus Gunther match. And just this feeling of, yeah, this is the perfect set, like table setting for a good TV tag match. This is the sort of opposite of that. Otis and Gable have just made like an absolute, like, like a useless goofball unit by Braun Strowman. So I know Braun's a big guy, but two men should have as at least as easy a job with Gable and Otis as Gargano and Owens will expect to. And that's kind of what I've got to do is detach all that and just think and look at the good wrestling and go, wow, look at all this good wrestling. But that was pretty much what sunk NXT. So I don't think you can just rely on just looking at the good wrestling, as great as I imagine this will be. So I hope there's a way to kind of get them out of that. I think Gargano and Owens will win. 
Um, I hope they get me on the hook for something by the end, like in near fall. I'm sh- assuming there will be a really hot sequence. But I'm lower on this than I was this time last week because of what we saw on SmackDown. I don't know why Gable noticed. I understand that Braun is currently targeting tag teams and blowing through guys, but I wish that he targeted somebody else because it did feel like they I were... I just beat up some, like, geeks yeah. from the local indie school. Uh-huh. There's, there had to be other goofballs when you were setting this up as well. Like, the goofball is an important role, mm. but you... It's, despite being a goofball, you can't completely take the piss out of the goofball. Otherwise, like the goofball loses its value as a goofball. That's why uh, Chad Gable's matches are so quiet. Yeah, despite well, yeah. being awesome. Uh-huh. And like Triple H, if he's trying to retrain audiences to enjoy great matches the whole way through rather than just for the finish, he needs to think about like the wrestlers that he's mm. putting in there. A lot of them have been damaged by Vince Man, not him. But at the moment, this one's on him. So they've kind of got to work around that a little bit. Um, theory coming out after the fact. I could see it being more of a three-on-two thing. And theory absolutely decimating Gargano to set up their... Like, he beat him up with the briefcase because last week Gargano dropped it on the balls. And that maybe... Maybe that's folded... Maybe that's folded into Extreme Rules. a funny guy, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Like, does it go on the line at Extreme Rules? And that's the hook hook for the match for them two at the the premium live event. Do you think uh, you give Gable a live mic just to to wind up the locals a little bit before this? 100%. Oh, yes. They'd be stupid not to. All day. Yeah. I'm so excited for him. I think you can make some noise, do you, Canada? Oh, my shoes. <laughs> that'll that'll chop up. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Rey Mysterio got a lot going on uh, in his life, and Seth Rollins looking forward to the fight pit now, of course. I can't wait for this. Um, uh, I, I really hope there's a finish. I really, really hope there's a finish. <laughs> I hope there isn't now. Because I just see your heart broken. I can't, I can't wait for this. Um, this is the sort of match that is entire for me as a fan, entirely dependent on the form and the storylines of the wrestlers involved. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio is that type of pairing that if you're watching like a nonsensical, rubbish Vince McMahon WWE or like Seth Rollins is in the middle of a babyface run and it's like, Rey, I'd love to put the title up against you. I respect you. I couldn't care less. I've seen a million matches like this and I'll see a million more. But just where both the characters are right now and in the form they're in in ring, I, I cannot wait. I think the match will absolutely bang. Seth's doing this Almost every week, like, you know, as a weekly pro wrestler, this, it's gone beyond, wow, Seth's having these really great moments when he's given the opportunity to. He's pretty much doing it as norm at this point, whilst Rey Mysterio is almost there still, miraculously. Um, stem cells up the, out, out the ass, like his knees better than ever, almost. And they're both involved in storylines that I'm hugely invested in. Seth's got the fight pit hanging over him. The Dominic Mysterio stuff, as I said last week, I'm just so, so on the hook for. I hope they get another week out of these fa- these Edmonton fans copying what they saw on television yes. last week and wanting to be a part of it. And booing, Canada for that sort and of thing. booing whatever it is that Dominic Mysterio does. Rey Mysterio, it's that WWE thing that you should hate. Of like, I'm so... Like, it's almost looking at your hand stuff. I'm so conflicted right now. But Ray, from behind a mask, continues to be able to project that. If it wasn't him playing the dad of Dominic Mysterio the angle might not be as hot as it is. I think one of the reasons why it's working is because people will back Rey Mysterio till the end. He's like a ride-or-die guy for generations of fans that seeing him being betrayed by his son is breaking everybody's hearts. Like, I've got like, real high hopes for this, and I hope they don't screw it up with something really lazy and tropey for the finish. Well, on that, on that note, what's the other match that's going to get previewed? Matt Riddle enters the dark void. Not my words, the words of WWE.com. That's Riddle versus Damien Priest. But we could have played, did it, did it, did it against the copy, and he f***ed it up. Sorry, <laughs> I'm making you work overtime with this swearing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think that 
neither of these matches. I think it's going to be three non-finishes, right? Or three terrible finishes. And it's going to be Bailey and Io get a terrible finish. And I think these two are going to form a pair of terrible finishes that next week, which is the go-home, I believe, yep. for Extreme Rules, I think this is all gearing towards Riddle and Ray uh, versus Seth and Finn or um, Priest. Mm-hmm. So you can like basically... Riddle was like arm around the shoulder with Ray last week, wasn't he? Yeah. I'll get you through it. So, so they have tried to bring it all together. I think they're bringing it together in a way that just prolongs each thing without really advancing any sort of interest in each thing. But it just neatly ties together so that you can get a preview of the pay-per-view matches via the tag team match next week. And I think you'll get, depending on which comes first, if Riddle, if Rollins Ray opens a show, great choice for an opener, then Seth... No, like Riddle comes to interfere. Or if they had it the right way around, it would be mm. Priest versus Riddle first, and then Seth interferes, and then vice versa, Riddle gets his revenge because they can't... They hate each other so much, guys, that they can't <laughs> stop interfering in each other's matches because they just need to get their goddamn hands on each other for the fight pit. <laughs> so I think... I think, might be that, right there, yeah. I think that's how it's going to happen. I think, uh, Got a spot for weeks, you. In two weeks together. Well, are you saying tag team match next week? It's like three-hour roll. Like, what if they do that thing where it's like, should we have it tonight? All right, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even worse, isn't it? Got a spot for you? Mm. Is it physically impossible? It's not. It's actually the most simple spot I've ever booked. And we know they listen, so there's plenty of time to put this in. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. This match better have a bloody eye poke in it. That's all I'm saying. Of course, they should. They might yeah. like Seth Rollins is kind of banter at the minute, so he might do something along those he's lines. D- he's going to point at his eye repeatedly and yeah. laughing at it. Yeah, oh, eye stuff. Yeah, that's that. Like, but like the eye can be a body part within the wrestling. The eye, and it should be like Seth remembers, and yeah, they should have loads of fun with that. Preposterous rock bottom for all of our professional lives. Brawl to the outside and go near the Made stairs. Good. Don't forget personal. Yeah, don't forget our personal lives. <laughs> going to rock bottom. I do like the idea of him dragging him near the stairs. But I'm not fucking yeah. going near them again. That's good. Aye, play with that. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, Riddle is entering the dark void <laughs> uh, against Damien Priest. I think Siege might have called this, to be honest. Yeah, I, now he said it, that does, it just, it's so easy to visualise, it's hard to imagine it going any other way, isn't it? I, I fit, do Riddle and Priest have like pretty good chemistry in NXT, or if I just imagine this, they abs- I feel like, but then it wouldn't have made sense them to overlap because Priest was mainly a baby face. I just feel like when he was still working heel, he like had a good match. Maybe I've just invented that. I think they've they overlapped. They were, like, they were NXT together for so long that like it just feels like two ships docking. I don't know, maybe not. But like, I think this will be good. Priest can, this sounds awful on Priest. He, when I say he can be carried, I don't mean he's some sort of lumbering giant. But typically, his matches have a ceiling, and then every now and then somebody carries him higher than that, and you think, ah, oh, you do have that in you. Riddle's that guy. Another guy who's just in, like, and maybe not career form, but he's just he's on such a great run at the moment that I wouldn't put it past it. Even if, even if it's going to this, yeah, set up the generic tag match, there is a Kip Fry-type vibe amongst the roster at the moment. Where it's like, imagine they're all on bonuses to have the best match of the night. They all seem to really want to do that. It seems to suggest, like, good morale in the locker room or, like, that kind of perfect... Jim Ross style talent relations competitiveness where they're all want to go out there and be like, I'm the best, no, I'm the best. Triple H is going to try and push the people to prove themselves to be the best, so it behooves me to be the best every week. And like, if nothing else, I think they'll try and have a good match. I really want to know if Dominic Mysterio has gone on a night out with Damian Priest yet. That's all I care about this this week. Do you remember when, and like, AW is typically so much better than this, you almost didn't want them to go down this route, but they were doing the, um, like the hangover bits with the inner circle. 
Like that would work rubbish, with the, right. that would work with the Judgment Day. Yeah. Like it wasn't f- like the Inner Circle were funnier than Hangover bits. Well, like stolen copy from films. It's like now you're more creative doing wrestling stuff. Judgment Day, not so. Like yeah. I want to see like how a night out ended up with like Dominic Mysterio being terrified of a tiger and Rhea Ripley having to like get the tiger under control. Oh, get Dominic Mysterio face tattoo. Oh my god, Dominic Mysterio face tattoo. Yeah, you need something. A teardrop. <laughs> A teardrop, like teardrop. people have like killed people in prison. Dominic he, he needs something like. <laughs> I also like the idea that when you pitch that, for some reason, despite the fact that it doesn't happen with two adult men in it, but because uh, of the the baby in the Hangover, Damien Priest with Dominic hanging off him. Like, <laughs> what's it called? The, the little carrier. Things. Rhea Ripley with Dominic in a baby Bjorn. <laughs> That's what we need to see. Uh, so, what do you reckon? Riddle wins. Yes. Or it doesn't it just gets chucked out? I don't think it's going to. Oh, get, get, yeah. Care. That's I mean, a, that's the key. You make, make a good point here. Uh, I have several on this podcast. I don't care who wins or loses yet. Yeah. Earnestly, I care about some of the characters. I think some of the matches will be good. I don't care who wins or loses on TV because I know it's all going towards somewhere where it might matter a bit more on a Saturday or Sunday, mm. which again is better than where it never used to matter then either. <laughs> yeah. But still. Yeah, the premium live events were good in spite of television under Vince. Now, yes. they've, now they've got to try and be as good because of the television. That's one of Triple H's like, no, I don't challenges. think they're quite there yet. Like, yeah. I don't care who wins yet. I don't think it means anything because I think they'll be, like, the next week things will get corrected and yeah. you know, they'll get their chance at revenge. There's no, there's no stakes to the matches. There's no importance. There's no ramifications. Mm. Well, I'd be intrigued to see what happens tonight on Raw. Let us know your thoughts, your predictions at What Culture WWE uh, on Twitter. Watch, well, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. We should have guessed what gimmick match Miz and Loomis is going to go to. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do. They need, they need to do something like you can't go to a straight singles, not just for the for within the context of the storyline, but because I don't want to see Dexter Loomis in a match <laughs> <laughs> or, or the Miz for that matter. Yeah. Uh, to, to ask about that tonight. More creepy stuff in it. More home invasions. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. I can't wait. <laughs> I miss oh, a bit. He hiding, hiding underneath the ring last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I, TV yeah. and that. I like, I like a little bit of crap in my fed. That's what I want out of it. Mm. Well, let us know your thoughts on that as well on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can find me on there at Adam Wilborn. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where our reviews of SmackDown and Rampage Grand Slam are up right now. And our review of this show, complete with a five-star review review where we review something short, crap, and wrestling-related instead of something on Monday Night Raw. God awful. Come on, get it right. It's boring sometimes. <laughs> um, yes, if you want to suggest that, what culture wrestling? Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, or just leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot. And, yeah, and screenshot right. the five stars, and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 